two people claim to know everything about something, but only one knows anything. President Roosevelt wore an anti-gravity belt. Dinosaurs had two brains. Lucky kids live on Mars and go to school in flying cars. Or at least they will one day. Believe me, I'm a historian. An astronaut or drive a DeLorean. Would I lie? It's hard to say. The Big Fifth. Can you spot the lie? The Big Fifth. Some pigs can fly. The Big Fifth. But if you ask me why, can you trust the answer? From Blanket, Texas, this is The Big Fib. And now, here's your host, Deborah Goldstein. Wow, welcome to The Big Fib, the game show where kids choose between the soft, silky fibrosity of truth and the metalated bite of spitting lies. I'm your host, Deborah Goldstein, and in the studio today is our sound effects robot, Lisa, whose name stands for Live In Studio Audience. And this sound effects robot is starting the day off right. Oh, did you get a good workout in before the show? What? Yeah, no. Uh, Okay, okay, well, did you eat a nutritious breakfast, some fruit, maybe some granola with juice? That'll give you some energy. Ah, gross. If that's the way humans start their days, then I feel sorry for you more than I did before. No, I'm starting the day off right by finding the perfect listener question to share. Ah, that makes sense, being a sound effects robot and all. And I think a listener question will be a great start to many of our listeners' days. So let's do it. Great. We have synergy. (laughs) This one here was sent via email. So let me just uh, print it out. (laughs) Deborah, would you mind? Oh, right. I'll grab it. Oh, Oh, dear. Got to check that out. You got to warn me. Yeah. Okay, right. This email message comes from Logan, and he writes... Dear Lisa, do you play pranks? And if so, what are your best pranks? Hmm, I don't remember any pranks that you... Lisa? Lisa, hey, why did you put that banana in your ear? What? I can't hear you, Deborah. You know, with this banana in my ear. Oh, ha ha, very funny. Okay, good prank. You should put that banana back in the kitchen. Yeah, I wouldn't want any bugs or animals to try to eat it. <laughs> like that huge rat behind you. What? Oh my gosh, where? Oh no, where? <laughs> Just kidding. There's no <sighs> rat. Oh. You should have seen the look on your face. <laughs> Not funny, Lisa. I'm sorry. I'm 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 really sorry. I I won't do pranks anymore. Let's let's shake hands, Deborah. Fine. Ah, Lisa! Is that a buzzer you put in your hand? <laughs> you know, I was wrong. I, I really should do pranks more often. <laughs> or not. I'd rather we focus on our game, thank you very much. So I'm going to take some deep breaths while you please tell everyone how our game works. <laughs> this is a good banana. <laughs> okay, uh, so uh, every week we bring on two grown-ups. Uh, we say, hey, grown-ups, come on. And they say, oh, dang, what an honor. No, it's a pleasure to meet you, Lisa. Uh, one is an expert. Uh, the other is a liar. And it's the job of a human child to help us figure out who is who. And they also say, oh, it's Lisa. So glad to meet you. <laughs> and they all sound like, oh, ladies, back in the day. Because <laughs> no one, Deborah, no one can spot a liar better than a kid. What are we lying about today, Deborah? We are lying about alpacas. 
long-necked, shaggy-haired members of the Camelid family. And we're going to learn all about alpacas along with our contestant today. Who might that be? Lisa! Our human child contestant is an almost 10-year-old who loves making stop-motion films with Legos and Squishmallows. Theo Abernathy! (laughs) Wow! Hi, Theo! How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm also good. Thank you for asking. I think we need to hear more about these stop-motion films. First of all, what is a Squishmallow? A Squishmallow is a stuffed animal. Squishmallow is just the brand. Oh, I see. And then you make stop-motion films with Legos and Squishmallows. Give me an example of one of your films. So the Lion Squishmallow is obsessed with hugs. So it's called Hugrassic Park, which is a mix of Lego dinosaurs <laughs> and Squishmallows. Love it. I've worked on it for about five hours and I'm not done with the intro because it takes so much editing. Probably like a podcast. Probably, yes. This podcast is not edited. Everything that happens is the thing that happens. You'll never hear editing, 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 <laughs> editing, editing, editing. This is very exciting. When do you anticipate it will be finished? Six months or seven, maybe eight. Okay, you'll let us know. It takes a lot. I'll try to send it to you. I'm available. I can see it. (laughs) Well, good luck with that. It sounds super cool. We also want to learn some more super cool things about you, Theo, but we are going to do it playing our game Two Truths and a Lie. You, Theo, will tell us three things. Two of them will be true. One will be a lie. And we will try to figure out which is which. So in no particular order, please tell us your two truths and one lie. I can ride a unicycle, I can run five and a half miles, and I can do a backflip on land. Okay, all of these things are very athletic, but where is the lie? Lisa, what do you think? Land backflip. Let's see. Uh, That seems pretty accurate. I feel like most people are doing their backflips on land. Um, (laughs) I mean, I guess if you're a porpoise. Are you a porpoise? You're not a porpoise. I feel like we would know that already. Uh, run 5,000 miles? No, no, no. 5.5, five and a half miles. Oh, five and a half miles. That seems all right. And then, uh, ride unicycle. That's got to be the lie because, uh, unicycles are imaginary creatures that, no. uh, they're like bicycles and they have a horn. No. Uh, but they're imaginary and they don't really exist. I see. And Theo was trying to trick me and it did not work. I think. I think there might be some flaws in your logic, but we're going to go with that and find out from Theo. Theo, which one of those things is actually a lie? I cannot do a backflip on land. <gasps> what? What is right? You got Lisa. You've met a unicycle? No. <laughs> the mythical one-horned bicycle? Which means you can ride a unicycle. Is that correct? Yes. I can ride it for about 45 seconds. Wow. And where did you learn how to ride a unicycle? Um, I got it for my eighth birthday. So my parents just started helping me riding it on my street. Well, normally what happens is they appear only to the pure of heart. And you find them in a meadow. Lisa, a unicycle is a real thing. Well, we know that now. I see. Yeah. Well, I also see that Theo is a very good fibber. So I'm hoping that means that he will be able to spot our fibber today. So we're going to bring on our experts to tell us about alpacas. Do you know a thing or two about alpacas, Theo? Not really. I mean, I just looked up some facts on the internet. Right. Just a few facts that I might have in my back pocket. Well, let's see if they speak to any 
of those facts. We want to bring them on to the show. Lisa, do you have some welcome music for our alpaca experts? Uh, yeah, you bet. Can you share it with us? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, 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 sorry. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, here it is, here it is. The 44th president was Barack Obama. My favorite smoothie is made from a llama. <laughs> That's not necessarily related, because today's episode is about alpacas. Come on in! <laughs> Bravo. Okay, our first expert is Benny Cosner. Benny, please introduce yourself to Theo. Hi, my name is Benny Cosner. I am a animal care technician at the Camelid Research Center. Thank you very much. Our next expert is Katie McRose. Katie, please introduce yourself to Theo. Hi, Theo. My name is Katie McRose, and I am an alpaca shearer. Okay. <laughs> Drop it like it's hot. I hear the happy humming sounds of something special. I'm humming the sounds of hot seat time. <laughs> yes, it is hot seat time. That's when we put our experts on the hot seat while they answer Theo's questions. Lisa, whom should we put on the hot seat first? I'm going to go with Katie McRose because she claims to be a shearer. Mm-hmm. And could you just imagine if you're a shearer, everyone would be like, hey, what do you do? And I'd be like, I'm a shearer. And they'd be like, what? And I'm like, I'm a shearer. And uh, so I just like saying shearer. Mm. And I'm uh, Katie, it's a pleasure to meet you. And uh, <laughs> uh, 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 hey, what's up, shearer? <laughs> okay. Okay, Theo, what is your first question for Katie? I have an alpaca blanket in my room. Could you explain? the process of going from alpaca fur to a blanket? So you start with the fiber on the animal. Then you would take that animal and you would shear it and you would try to separate the really good fiber from the really poor quality fiber. So we take it off in different sections because the nicer stuff can be used for softer material while the coarser stuff is used more for like socks or itchy things, right? You wouldn't want that necessarily in a blanket. And after we take it off of the animal, then it gets washed after it's picked through. And then it will be dried. And then they take and run a comb through it and align all the fibers. And once all the fibers are aligned, they will take and start spinning it. And that will create the yarn. And then somebody would take that yarn and knit it into clothing or blankets or whatever. That's a lot of steps. I appreciate my blanket much more now. Yeah, alpacas are really busy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Theo, back to you. This is for Benny. What are some differences between alpacas and llamas? So the biggest difference between the llamas and the alpacas is alpacas are are a little smaller than the llamas, and they're also the llamas. They're kind of mean. Oh, <laughs> that's I, they're just they're sort of jerks. They spit sometimes. They're kind of ill tempered, whereas the alpacas are. They're my buds. I love taking care of the alpacas. They're like it's not a it's not a popularity contest, but <laughs> the alpacas are a lot nicer than the llamas. And from my experience, that's the biggest difference between the two. Mm, llamas okay. are also sweeter in smoothies, and alpacas have like this very bitter aftertaste. <laughs> okay, good to know. I guess. Okay, back to you, Theo. 
This one is for Benny. What advice would you give to me if I wanted to do your job? First off, you have to love animals and you have to love being around animals. And you have to understand that like animals are going to behave like animals. Just like people, you know, sometimes they might be in a bad mood, sometimes they might be in a good mood, and they can't tell you that. So you kind of have to be really good at reading their body language. That's how they communicate a lot. They don't make a lot of like vocalizations, not like your dog. Most of it you're going to tell by the way they're standing or, Mm. you know, when you come in, you can see just sort of, kind of you're there long enough, you start to see almost the expression on their face in a way. So definitely just a love of animals and like the ability to read them. And I'm going to be honest, you can't mind llama poop if you're in my job. There's various types of poop at the research center. And as an animal care tech, uh, it's my job to clean it up. So if you don't like animal poop, this is not the job for you. But the flip side, if you do love animal (laughs) poop, you have a great career in front of you. Wow. Sounds really fun. Okay. Just follow-up question. You know, they sound like they're so friendly and lovely for either one of you. Does anybody have anything to say about whether or not an alpaca would make a good pet? My experience, I don't think that an alpaca would be the primo pet for just anybody. Mm. Alpacas actually are a bit aggressive. And I'm going to tell you a story that me and my little brother, we were riding a four-wheeler when he was about your age, 10 years old. And we had some alpacas that had just come into our care and they had been rescued. Well, we did not realize that they could have an aggressive side. And while we were riding on the four-wheeler, an alpaca actually jumped on the back of the four-wheeler and grabbed my little brother. (gasps) I was able to get my brother safe, but he did have to go to the hospital to treat some wounds that were in his arm. So as cute and fluffy as they look, we have to remember that they are from a wild animal Mm. and they are domesticated, but they have the these really crazy teeth that are actually called fighting teeth or castrating teeth. And they are like the canines of dogs. And so they're super pointy and they use them to bite each other. And so as cute as they look and as friendly as they may seem, you have to watch out for them because if they need to protect themselves, they certainly can. Oh my Yeah, gosh. I, I agree a hundred percent. A lot of the rescues that we get at the center are from people that took them on as pets or they were trying to expand their farm operation or their homestead. And they realized that there are a lot of challenges and we have over 300 acres here. Wow. For our animals, not everyone can provide an environment where they're going to be this happy and have this much freedom. And that definitely attributes to how aggressive they are, for Mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just have to agree. I was in a bank the other day. An alpaca came in and robbed the bank. No. (laughs) Yes. And everyone said, alpaca, no way. And alpaca said, give me the money. It was very scary, Deborah. I feel like maybe this was a book you read or a dream or... It was a dream, yeah. Okay. (laughs) How'd you know? (laughs) All right. I'm glad we cleared that up. Okay. All right. Very good. Those were excellent questions, Theo. I hope you learned a lot from that. If you love The Big Fib, then check out Story Pillar, a podcast for kids and their grown-ups. Join Sneak, Bean, Sparky, and Meg as they tackle sticky social situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up great advice from listeners like you. 
They also save plenty of time for laughing and being silly. So if you've got feelings, love stories, and are open for a fart joke or ten, Story Pillar is definitely worth a listen. Check it out at www.storypillar.com or wherever you love listening to podcasts. The Big Fib is brought to you by Pretty Litter Cat Litter. When my cat Arlo is healthy, he's happy. And that makes me happy. But since I'm not a mind reader, I don't always know when he is unwell. Helping me keep tabs on my cat's health is just one of the reasons I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Like, not to brag, but when people come over, they might not know that I have a cat unless Arlo, who's huge, is in the room. Because the cat smell is not there. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can, which is really great because I'm lazy. And here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in my cat, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are, like, really sneaky, and you often don't know how they're feeling, and the worst part of that is sometimes you don't know when they're sick. So knowing when my cat is sick based on the litter changing color is a game changer. And Pretty Litter ships free right to my door in a small, lightweight bag. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash bigfib and use code bigfib to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib, to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash bigfib, code bigfib. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Big Fib! Okay, it's time for the Shorts on Fire round, when our experts have to answer as many questions as they can before time runs out. Lisa will set a timer for the first expert, and then Theo will ask questions until Lisa's timer sounds. Then Lisa resets the timer for our next expert to do the same. Experts, you'll have to answer quickly, and these questions will come at you fast. All right, Theo, let's start with Benny, and you can ask your shorts on fire questions now. How many natural colors of alpaca fur are there? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Pass. How much does an alpaca weigh? Uh, About 150 pounds. Five items a week. (laughs) What is the throaty sound males use during breeding? Oh, it's like a, it's a, it's a guttural sound called gurgling. And it's... How many toes does an alpaca have? Two. What is the most common kind of alpaca? The wakaya. Factor fib. There are only two breeds of wild alpacas. Fib? Name another member of the camelid family. Llamas, camels, uh, guanaca. Travis. <laughs> what is it called when alpacas lie down when they are stressed? I think that's called smushing. How many fighting teeth do male alpacas grow? I've seen as few as four, but as many as nine. Who is the author of the four book series for kids, Maka the Alpaca? <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, pass. And time. That's all. That's all time. <laughs> all right. Very good. Lisa. Yeah. Can you reset the timer for us, please? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Thank you. Okay. Theo, you can ask Katie your shorts on fire questions now. 
Where do alpacas come from originally? Peru. Denver International Airport. No. What kind of alpaca has long locks? Um, uh, uh, Surrey. From what type of tree do alpacas like to get the twigs they eat? The shortest one possible. Which cousin to the alpaca has the finest fiber in the world? Vicuña. During what time of year do you shear alpacas? Oh, I got this one spring. <laughs> How many stomach chambers does an alpaca have? Uh, three. What British television comedy for kids starred two puppet alpacas who tried working in different jobs? Bert and Ernie. <laughs> fact or fib? Alpacas make good pets. Uh, fib. Fact? That's a hard one. It's either way. <laughs> what is the behavior called when male alpacas become angry and attack humans? I think that's berserk male syndrome. I'd call it rude. <laughs> also. What unit of measurement is used to measure alpaca fiber? Um, my cron. And that is time. That's it, that's it. Very good. All right. Okay, it's decision time. Theo must peruse the answers to the questions and give us his thoughts. Theo, who is our big alpaca fibber? I think Benny is the alpaca fibber. Why do you think Benny is our fibber? Because he said that llamas spit, and as far as I know, I don't think they do. Okay, okay, we're going to get to the bottom of that, I think. Will the actual alpaca expert please say, I am the alpaca expert? I am the alpaca <gasps> expert. You got it. You right, got that's it. Right. Good job. Good job. Katie McRose is a llama, sheep, and alpaca expert who owns and operates a traveling shearing company with her wife, Darian. Follow their adventures on YouTube or TikTok at Right Choice Shearing for fun and educational content. Very good. Okay, let's do some fact-checking. Katie, how did Benny blanket us with lies? So the biggest thing that caught me about Benny, and it's kind of the silliest thing, was how much he talked about their poop. (laughs) Alpacas and llamas, they are what we call territorial poopers, which means that they always go to the restroom in the same spot. Oh. No matter what, they will always go back to that same spot. You could blow a hole in the ground, and that alpaca will come back and go potty in it. Wow. Interesting. So they would have big piles of feces places, but it wouldn't be super hard to clean it because you just go to one spot all the time. Wow. Any other lies that stood out to you, Katie? So another thing that stood out to me was when we were talking about alpacas being really good pets and being super friendly, more friendly than llamas. There is a little bit of truth to that. Llamas are a little more standoffish. They're kind of like cats. They only want you to pet them when they want to be pets. Okay, very good. All right, well, let's go to Benny then. Benny, tell us how you tried to pull the wool over our eyes. So I found a research center that specializes in reindeer, and I thought that that could be a good cover story. So I used a lot of like information from them about how they care for reindeer. Mm. And I kind of subbed in alpacas. It's a good lying strategy. <laughs> Okay, so let's go through some of these. How many natural colors of alpaca fur are there, Katie? Do you know? So we have our brown, we have a tan, we have a white, and we have a black. And those are very common. And then we have some colors like gray and some variations of the gray, which goes into like rose gray and these beautiful patterns. And then you start seeing things like spots or Appaloosas or paints. So there's a ton of variation in the fiber and just 
Alpacas are very interesting because when they breed, you can breed a white one to a white one and get any color of alpaca that you can imagine. So it's really hard to track how that color is passed down and you never know what to expect when a baby pops out. And what is the throaty sound that males make during breeding? I believe that's undulating. It is a cross between like a donkey uh-huh. and a squeaky toy. Mm-hmm. So if you just took a squeaky toy and made it go hee-haw, that's pretty <laughs> much what they're doing. Wow, I'm going to have to look that up and see if there are any videos of that. I would like to hear that noise. Okay, and what is it called when alpacas lie down when they are stressed? It's not smushing, is it? It's very close, but it's actually cushing with a K. Oh. And that's kind of their natural defense mechanism to protect protect their legs because if you watch when camelids fight each other they often go for biting at each other's legs with those canines that we talked about those fighting uh. teeth so a mechanism to hide from that is to lay down can't get my legs now that's right <laughs> Very good. Okay, and just to finish off, the author of the four-book series for kids, Maka the Alpaca, is Matt Cosgrove. Very good. It's time to put a camel lid on today's game. Thanks to our contestant, Theo, for diligently combing through all he heard today. Thank you to our expert and liar, Katie and Benny. And thanks to Lisa for the fiber-optically streamed sounds. And, of course, many thanks to our listeners tuning into the Big Fib, where we all pack a lot of truth to avoid the apocalypse of fibs. The Big Fib is a production of Gen Z Media. For more great shows, visit gzmshows.com. While you're there, you can find out how you can become a contestant on The Big Fib or send questions for me to answer on the show. And follow us on social media, The Big Fib Podcast, for behind-the-scenes photos and more true facts. <sighs> Sorry, I had to say that quickly because I'm going to shear. <laughs> I'm a shearer. Shearer and the masters of the universe. Shearer. Talking about money can be so hard, especially when the person you're talking to is still learning how to do long division. That's why Million Bazillion, a Webby-winning podcast from Marketplace, is here to help. I'm Bridget, and with my fellow co-host Ryan, we help teach your little ones about complex topics like bankruptcy, climate change, and why there's so much gold at Fort Knox, and so much more. Listen to Million Bazillion wherever you get your podcasts.